This week, we've got the first registered credentialed veterinary technician president of the board of directors of Viticus, formerly known as the Western Veterinary Conference. This week, we're going to be sharing the mic with our dear friend, Heather Prendergast, to talk to us all about her journey and the things she's got planned for Viticus WVC. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, not really a tough topic, but one of celebration. And that is one of our very own credentialed veterinary technicians has risen to the top of the board of directors as president of Viticus Group, formerly known as the Western Veterinary Conference. And this week, we are going to learn all about her journey and sort of her advice for those of you out there seeking an alternative pathway in the veterinary profession. And really, guys, this is just one of my favorite things to talk about, somebody doing something amazing that's never been done before. But before we start talking about all that stuff that's never been done before, as always, I am one of your old hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. <laughs> and I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this week, you know, it is a bit of a celebration. Uh, the news was uh, announced, you know, at WBC that the incoming president of the board of directors would be none other than a guest on our show, Heather Prendergast. Over the years, she's been here. She's done so much. But, you know, uh, Becky, I think for me, it's also sort of her atypical route to the profession. I mean, she's done some really amazing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I have been, I don't know, I've had the pleasure of working with Miss Heather for so long now, I, I probably seven or eight years um, through different organizations, mainly NAFTA. And that's right. the thing is that um, when I met Miss Heather, we we're involved in technician organizations and I've had the opportunity to watch her kind of break glass ceilings along the way. And it's so inspiring. And you know, um, she's taken a different career route. And I think that's one of my favorite things about talking to her. One of my favorite things about having her on the show this week is because we've got so many people out there doing amazing things or people noodling on these things right now, wanting to be involved, wanting to make their own way. And I, I think she's one of the best examples of how that's possible for our profession. So I, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here, Miss Heather. Thank you so much for taking the time, Miss President, to be with yeah, us. Yeah, President. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, it is. It feels just bizarre to um, to even be in this position and to have the recognition of it. We're just not used to that. And um, I just have to say, overall, humbling. Humbling is the best word that I can use to describe my feeling of, of where I'm at today. So thank you for this opportunity and the celebration. Yeah, it really is, Heather. And before we get to where you're at today, I do want to go back and talk about your origin story because I first became aware of you um, because of St. Petersburg. You know, I mean, you know, that is a really great uh, storied veterinary technician program. So maybe uh, talk to the viewfinders a little bit about what made you choose uh, veterinary technology back in the day and why St. Petersburg and, and sort of what, what your educational experience was like. Absolutely. So going all the way back is, uh, you know, starting starting my career in veterinary medicine, like so many of us do, when we're kids, I'm going to be a veterinarian when I grow up. And so I was fortunate to be able to work in a veterinary hospital, you know, back in the day, uh, and I'm dating myself here, when you could still kind of work under the table and just be paid yeah, cash. Right, right. I gained experience just as, a, as kennel health and as a veterinary assistant until my senior year of high school. And then I left to go to college. 
And I went to work in the hospital that I'd like to say I retired in as I was completing my bachelor's degree in animal science. But my intent was to be a veterinarian like so many. And while I enjoyed my college life, probably a little too much, (laughs) I did still thought I wanted to apply to veterinary school. And I did twice in that the first time I was fully uh, declined. And the second time I did was a, a, an alternate, but I did not make the alternate as nobody had backed out at that time, which was really, you know, things happen for a reason. And I couldn't be so much more proud that I never did get into veterinary school because what it did was grow my resilience. And is that we may not get everything we want right away, but what it does teach us is what is the next thing that you want to do? What else can you achieve? What else can you look at? And that's what really got me into looking at, well, I'm going to be a credentialed veterinary technician then. And in my state, New Mexico, we're registered. And so that was the next thing that I really wanted to look at. And as I um, think back to my very baby career and I started attending Western Veterinary Conference as a veterinary assistant. And that was really only my two years into being full-on veterinary assistant in my in my um, practice, my, the one that I left uh, of my 20-year tenure. And when I attended WVC for that first time, I thought, holy cow, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> and there were some great speakers that inspired me and said, I can do this. I can be a registered veterinary technician. And at that time, that was the dream, which then is where St. Petersburg College came in because it was an online program. Right. It was still relatively new of an online program. But I had such a great practice and a great leader within my own hospital that I thought I could probably do this just fine and sail through the program and love every minute of it. And that's what I did is, as I just took that leap of faith that this is what I'm going to do because things change. And, and I figured out ways to overcome those hurdles. And, and, you know, Becky, I love this story because, you know, you got to also remember viewfinders, this is in the nineties. Now it was probably in the late nineties, I'm guessing Heather just from when St. Petersburg went online, but you know, this is, this is, you know, early days of virtual education. And, you know, Becky, I was so proud, you know, uh, and I did a couple of things back in the day for St. Petersburg. Uh, but, but Heather, I guess you were like out West, right? I mean, when all, when you were doing your online credit, were you in, still in New Mexico at the time? Because yes. that's, that's also remarkable because, you know, here's this college in Florida that's saying we want to open it to the internet. I mean, it's just, I love these success stories, Becky, because every time somebody says, oh, you can't do that virtually or whatever, I mean, we're now stacked up on, you know, 20, 30 years of, of success. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it comes down to really who is behind you know i i hate the idea that we just throw these umbrellas over online education or right, over right, yep. one thing or another right but but you're right it, and and we're not super adaptable in this profession so a lot of times <laughs> when we hear stuff like that we immediately freak out right we're right. like it can't be good um and then you know you've got someone like miss heather who proves um when the desire is there the passion is there and the support system is there Really, anything is possible. And I love, and I guess I didn't know this. I never really thought of it, Miss Heather, but the idea that you went to Western as a veterinary assistant, you know, and then you were inspired by technicians. The the journey from go, right. going to Western as an assistant to being president of the board to me is just kind of like, that's remarkable. And that is, at the sake of, of just gushing, I am just so proud of you and so excited for you because 
that has got to really be something special. You grew up with Western in your professional career and you have earned that seat. I have grown uh, with WBC, yes, over the years. uh, And I haven't missed one WBC since that attendance. Wow. And so whether I was an exhibitor, whether I was a... um, uh, a speaker, whether I was an attendee, whether I, you know, I just played in so many different roles in attending WBC. I didn't miss one. And so it was, um, it's an organization that built me and built my career because I learned so much from all of our fabulous speakers that have always been there. And that's what inspired me to keep, keep doing more, keep growing, keep reaching for that next best thing because it's those dreams that achieve happiness, right? Within, um, within, within our career, within our life. Well, now one thing too, that always has impressed me, Heather, is the fact that, okay, number one, you managed a very successful clinic out there in New Mexico for, for Mm -hmm. what, 20 years. I mean, um, so, so I think a lot of the viewfinders are probably relating to that on a lot of levels, right? Either their techs or their managers or whatever, but you know, they, they, they get that part. But here's what I think is remarkable about you after your tenure there. And look, and I, I'm a big believer in 20 year stints, you know, I think that's a, a good amount of time to do something and then probably try something else. Um, you really then kind of went into industry, as I recall it, because I remember encountering you like with when you were working with Purina mm-hmm. and stuff, right? So, you know, yeah. tell us about that transition from clinical practice to sort of industry, if you will. Well, and I was lucky, you know, and this is one of my pieces that I always give to our new technicians that are just coming into industry or really anybody is don't be afraid to jump at opportunities that are presented to you. So often we sit and we read kind of stew over whether this is going to be a good opportunity or not. Every opportunity is an opportunity for growth. And so when I was finishing my senior year at St. Petersburg, I had a an instructor recommend me to Purina because Purina wanted credential technicians to be able to represent them in the booth, whether that was at consumer events or veterinary events. And I stewed, in, stewed over it just a little bit. And I finally decided after about a month, which was too long to make that decision, but uh, is that, yes, I want to try this and I want to do it. And so for 12 years, while still working in my hospital, I was able to attend almost every veterinary conference to represent Purina. But with that, is it sprinkled in being able to go to CE events and meeting industry personnel and people that believed in you and making those connections. And those connections are what really continue to elevate me through my career. And in my 2012, let me see, 2012 is about when I left practice. I was hitting a couple of plateaus because our practice was as big as it was going to be with my veterinarian. We'd expanded to every size that we had. We were incredibly efficient incredibly profitable. It was a wonderful hospital, but my owner said, this is, this is it. We don't, I don't want to grow this much more, which I respected. Absolutely. And we still have such a great, great friendship, but that is where I challenged myself to then go for my CVPM and grow so much more in management. Because while I have learned all of this while still managing the hospital, I'd never really pursued my CVPM as it seems so daunting And just taking that opportunity and taking that exam um, just grew me even more. And it made more connections and more conferences to be able to attend. And in about, oh, maybe 2017, I kind of hit another plateau. And I said, okay, what's next? 
I need something else to keep me excited so that I stay here and I keep stacking on to my own knowledge so that I can continue growing others. And that's when I sought after achieving my senior professional human resource certification. Okay. And that, that's what led you to Encore and those other jobs that you took later, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Fantastic. Absolutely. So, so again, you know, Becky, what, what, what I love about this story is something that you tell the viewfinders every week, you know, for the last seven years. And that is, you know, don't be afraid to stretch beyond your current boundaries, right? You know, I mean, there's so much opportunity out there. And it sounds like, you know, Heather has been just a, a shiny example of that. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And one thing I think she reiterated well is just that say yes, you know, right. take take those opportunities as they come along. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of, um, you know, like being in practice for 20 years, you have the opportunity to get really comfortable. You have a level of respect. You've earned, you know, um, particular title and you, you know, it's hard to step out of that and to expand those horizons. But I'm I'm so grateful that, that you did. Um, and I think, you know, when we think about these different board positions, again, um, it, the other, we've served together in a couple boards in a couple different ways. That's a journey I think a lot of um, people out there really want to take. They want to get involved, but they don't know exactly how. You know, they're kind of waiting for that opportunity to say yes to. Um, mm-hmm. As a senior, you were recommended, right, to Purina, but there have been plenty of, of other roles that you have met and and been in where you kind of had to step up or find out how to be involved with that. So what do you tell folks like our listeners and we get a lot of students and and, and folks like that listening who are, are sitting there saying, I want to do this. I want to be involved. I want to speak at these conferences. I want to be on board. I want to make realistic change, love my profession, maintain my passion. Like you've said kind of how you did that but what are those nuances? How do they, if they don't have somebody coming to them and saying, hey, do you want to do this? How do they get that offer? Um, Becky, it is a wonderful question. And I want to open that with just a little bit of a segment before I say, you know, looking for those opportunities is one of the things that I did when I was still a baby tech. I'd like to say baby tech, but just starting <laughs> right. my my professional career outside of, of the veterinary hospital is I sat down with our colleague, Miss Kara Burns, at a conference one year. Again, this is many, many years ago. And we said, what are we going to do when we grow up? What do we, what do we see? What inspires us? What makes us think about big things and how we can impact this industry? And we created somewhat of a vision board. Of course, Kara had her own vision. I had my vision of what I wanted to achieve. She'd already been Speaker of the Year for Western Veterinary Conference, and she wanted to be Speaker of the Year for NABC. And it was NABC at that time. And I said, well, I want to be Speaker of the Year at WBC. And so, you know, I started this journey of creating this vision board. I brought it home and I put it up and I thought, this is a great dream. How am I going to do it? And it just was a big sticky note that sat on my wall for years. And after about 10 years of it, I thought, okay, I can just put this down. And so achieving this presidency was something I didn't know would even be possible at that time, but I just dreamed big. Yeah, It, it wasn't even an opportunity to be on the board of Western Veterinary Conference yet. The technician director had not been developed yet at that time, let alone the bylaws being changed to allow for a veterinary technician. So first of all, is what do you want to do and what inspires you to to achieve greatness in your mind? 
that is my, my first piece. And that vision board was so critical because when you don't write things down, they don't happen. So that is one piece, but where do you look for these opportunities? And I think my, my initial involvement in industries was with NAFTA. I started getting involved with NAFTA and that national level, uh, working at that national level and then being able to work with individual states on different things, working as the editor in chief for the journal. There were so many volunteer opportunities provided just by NAFTA alone that really launched me into more speaking and writing and building more of those connections and, and having the collaboration to help me achieve my dream, which ultimately is to have a better impact on our industry and to be able to now give back to all of those um, that want to grow and, and, and be in my seat. And I want nothing more than to be able to replace me um, and put somebody great in my seat as we continue to grow through our, through our next 20 years. <laughs> so that leads us up to this. Now you served on the board. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, folks just think they parachute into these positions, but you actually served mm -hmm. on WBC's board for many years. Maybe talk about that, you know, how that actually originated and came about. I did. And, you know, my nomination actually onto the WBC board came from my work within NAFTA. So it was, it was just the volunteerism that I had provided within NAFTA. Somebody recognized me for that I might be a good fit for the Western Veterinary Conference Board of Directors. And you first get nominated in year one. You hope that you are going to pass the initial interview process to even get onto the election cycle. And so then that occurs in year two. So if you pass the nomination uh, process, you're invited to, to be a candidate then on the board where then you usually have two or three other candidates that you are going up against and you're, and you're hoping to win those votes. Uh, upon then uh, receiving those votes and winning that election, then it is a five-year term as veterinary technician director. And that is a, that was a large jump. So, right, taking me outside of my comfort zone and putting me into that panic zone was <laughs> there were so many Robert's rules of order that, well, I kind of played in that, that sandbox prior. It was never as strict as it was at Western Veterinary Conference. And it was being the, um, uh, the veterinary technician with many other veterinarians and trying to find my way making sure that it was the right time to make suggestions or ask questions without looking dumb. Like we all have that fear <laughs> right. and, and really having a safe environment with the technician advocates that were already on that board, like Dr. Dennis McKernan and Dr. Mark Hilton. They were such big believers in veterinary technicians. And, um, you know, Dr. McKernan is, he, he created our Bible uh, for veterinary technicians. It's what we learned by and what we still have our model of, mm -hmm. of work with. Yeah. And so being able to have that safe space under his leadership, he was president during my third year. It was, it created such a phenomenal experience and a growth opportunity that that is, um, that's what opened up the bylaws and allowed me to be able to consider even being able to run for, for president of Viticus Group. All right. So fast forward, spoiler alert, you're the president now. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what are the things that you have <laughs> planned for? Like, you know, like what is your vision? I mean, what do, what do you hope to accomplish in your tenure as president and how long is it? 
It is only one year, which doesn't seem like long enough after this tenure to get here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, but this organization is so phenomenal and wonderful to work with. And the board is, is amazing as well and will continue to allow me to challenge status quo in a positive and professional way. Right. But it is to continue elevating the technicians and the skills that they do bring. Dr. Dennis McKernan was the first one to say, you don't have to be a veterinarian to run this organization or any organization. You need leadership, collaboration, and contribution. And when you have that, that is what contributes to the success of an organization. We can surround ourselves with all the smart people, but when we are acting in that professional manner that that, um, creates that safe space, we can achieve so much. And I want to be able to demonstrate that for veterinary technicians to, it is, it's a small world. We're going to, you never want to step on toes, always be professional and respectful because you're going to come back and work with those people at some point in the future. And so what do I wish to achieve under this is, is creating better collaboration and better opportunities for veterinary technicians to be elevated into roles like this as well as more leadership roles within veterinary hospitals and really building their own leadership skill, not only within the practice, but within our, our state veterinary technician associations and as well as national. Yeah. And you know, Heather, I'll, I'll tell you, just having been in not a position like this, but in other similar situations, whenever you're the first and a little bit of pressure and, and whatever you want to call this, but when you're the first, you, it, there's so much scrutiny on you, right? So, you know, it's like, it's Absolutely. ball protection. Don't fumble the ball. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's really important because you actually are literally paving the way, carving a pathway. I mean, you're the one out there hacking down the brush so that people behind you can even do better things. I mean, so I will say that, that guys, if being the first as Heather is to be the president of the board of directors for Viticus WVC, I mean, that is, that is in and of itself, uh, quite a, quite an undertaking. I mean, I can't congratulate you enough on it. Uh, you're the right person at the right time, but you know, Heather, it's, it's a, this is a, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, sorry to, to say that out loud, but you know, I, I can only imagine, you know, that you, you, you probably feel it. I'm guessing. I absolutely feel it. And I, I, you know what, I've always, um, I've always challenged the status quo, but in a professional manner. Absolutely. And I will continue to do that to try to build more utilization, more efficiency, more um, and bridging of our national organizations in order to move this industry forward faster than what we have in the past. And that takes a lot of good, strong, positive conversation and collaboration in order to get there. And that's what I would really like to do. And Viticus Group has always been incredibly supportive of veterinary technicians. And in this year, we had record-breaking number of credentialed veterinary technicians at, at WVC. And so I, uh, I want to continue to, to drive that and drive those numbers and making sure that they have great education that continues to grow them and challenges their, their own status quo as well. 
so that they're set up for success to be in positions like this in the future. Yeah, I love this. And, you know, Becky, the other thing too, I think sometimes, you know, when you and I are talking, especially to our younger colleagues, that, you know, and look, part of being uh, a youthful professional is to be impatient. But think about how long it's taken, right? You and Heather and others to actually, and even myself, who, who is considerably older than either of you, but, you know, the reality is it takes decades to kind of get to these levels. Becky, what advice do you have for that, that listener out there today, whether they're a vet tech or a veterinarian who looks to you guys and says, I want to be president of NAFTA. I want to be president of Viticus. Um, how do you keep them patient? I guess is what I'd like to say. How do you, how do you keep them saying you got to be engaged for a long time? Well, at the sake of you editing out, cause you have the ability to do this. I also <laughs> want to say <laughs> you have the time, but you also have the privilege. You're right, a male, right. you're white and you are a veterinarian. So you, yes, like you have done groundbreaking things as well. You've talked about things before anybody else in so many areas, but people are willing to listen to you simply because of your status. And so um, I just want to say that like when when things like this with Miss Heather are so groundbreaking, it's so many of those things against her. Yeah. Being female, being a veterinary technician. The only thing I, is you're not a person of color. Like other than that, we're, you're, you weren't the demographic to make the change. And that is what I'm so amazed by and proud of is when people show up in rooms that don't look like them, don't feel like them and may or may not even want them there. Um, that's That's the astounding part. So... So that, because again, clip it if you need to, but I said it, it'll be on the cut room floor. The other part of that, (laughs) the other part of that is the the patient's part. You're absolutely right. Is and and I think there's people who either think I'll never get there, or oh, I'm running for president today. I want to make change. I'm I'm really zealous. But I feel like Miss Heather said it really well in the sense of. She sat in a room and she learned and she listened and and her timing was right. right. And I think right. especially when you are trying to make change in a room where people are not all on board with the change you're trying to make, you do have to do so delicately and you do have to listen more than you talk. I have heard. I've never actually tried that. I talk all the time. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I can picture Miss Heather being so smart about this. And so I think some of that patience is... If you're listening hard enough, it doesn't take patience. If you're needing patience, it's because you are very eager and that's great, but you have to make sure everyone's moving in the same direction. Like we all need to swim down, right? Or else no one gets out of the net. So uh, Miss Heather's ability to make sure everyone's kind of swimming down or, or how to gently turn that tide is amazing and is inspiration and is, is what I would tell people to look to when they feel like it's not happening fast enough or they want to be at the top tomorrow. Yeah. Heather, anything to add to that? I mean, you know, I think a lot of times people, you know, they want change and they know what needs to happen, but they get frustrated with the process. What advice do you have just to stay engaged? And, you know, Becky is 100% on it and she is not giving herself credit. She also listens quite well, Um, but it is, (laughs) it is, it's, it's, it is listening and it's building that trust with others so that you can make change when when the change time is right and it is it it's resilience there's there's going to be hurdles at at in everybody's life but it is your ability to have that that resilience to be able to overcome it and i still think about our change makers that we had with our NABC presidents um, right. Lynn Johnson was credential right. technician Harold Davis Paige Allen you know they they are also change agents and I feel humbled now that I get to sit, you know, in line with them as as we are in different organizations, but two organizations that are driving for the betterment of our profession. 
and they too had hurdles to get to where they are and and their patience and being able to listen is also what created positive change within their organization. Gosh, I love that. Um, Heather, as we sort of wrap up today's conversation, what do you think the biggest challenges to Viticus Group are moving forward? You know, like uh, uh, growth, uh, involvement of vet techs, vets, I mean, international, what do you see as the, the, the things that you want to over, you know, really kind of, I guess, solve or help solve? They, we have such an opportunity, you know, for, for lack of better uh, comparison, COVID was terrible because we all had to stay home. But what it has also put focus on is better and more exciting ways to deliver education that meets the needs of those attendees. So the way we learned 20 years ago is not the way we learn today. And so our biggest challenge is finding more and uh, enhanced methods to right. deliver education that resonates with all five generations that we have in this industry now. And that is the most exciting because there are so many amazing things that are on the forefront that, uh, that also is a, it, it, it's a challenge and we have to figure out ways to, to work around it. And we absolutely will. Yeah, you definitely will. With your type of leadership, I mean, I have no doubt whatsoever. I'm incredibly optimistic for the future. I love, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm in AVC, uh, kind of the way you went to, to WVC all those years, I'm the same, not missing it, you know, my entire professional career. Um, and so I think we know that these are the the orgs that are really moving all of the profession, right? Not just the veterinarians, Absolutely. not just the RBTs, but all of the profession. I think these are the two really standard bearers for the profession. Any last bits of advice or, or any types of tips you might uh, want to give the viewfinders uh, before we let you go today? I just reiterating, it is... It's it's humble. It's a humbling experience to be here. I'm incredibly proud. But my biggest tidbit is we all have hurdles. Find your resilience to overcome. We learn from those hurdles, but we do we 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 come out a better person on the other side. It might be hard in the moment, but it is well worth it as you continue to grow your profession. Gosh, I love that. Viewfinders, I hope you are as inspired as I am listening to Heather Prendergast, the incoming board of directors president for Viticus Group, formerly WVC. Heather, again, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us and sharing your wealth of expertise and knowledge. Thank you so much for the invitation. um, I just appreciate being here. Gosh, Becky, these are the conversations that make me feel so good. I hope the viewfinders like it too. If the viewfinders do like it, Becky, what can they do about it? You guys can send Miss Heather her congratulations <laughs> note over on Facebook or Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder or send us an email. We'll forward it to her at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right. Guys, we just love sharing these kind of stories. We're so proud of our profession. We're so proud of people like Heather. But more importantly, we're proud of the progress that we are making and the sky is the limit as long as we all keep moving in a positive direction or as Becky said, swim down so we get out of the net. I like that too, Becky. <laughs> Until next week, guys, we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.